are now listening to the moon child it's saturday nice afternoon 12 o'clock got this day off really sunny today but just two days ago it was raining i don't understand what this weather man keeps changing it's just super inconsistent like the basketball team we'll get into them later but March Madness has officially started. Started last night. Pretty sure Ohio State probably busted your bracket. Busted my bracket for sure. I think I had them going. I had them going in Elite Eight. Um, but I want to talk about the tournament a little bit. Um, I talk, I'm going to talk about some prospects that I like. Um, that's probably going to move themselves up in the draft board. Um, I also want to just give you all my picks real quick. I haven't been watching too much college basketball but I have gotten the time to watch a few games um, I don't think anybody's really messing with good Zaga but I actually have them winning in the final versus a team that probably nobody would expect and I got to watch two games of them and they're very tenacious um, they don't let the they don't let their foot off the gas and that's Houston so I got Gonzaga beating Houston um, there's this Quentin Grimes he was at Kansas, but he transferred to Houston. It seemed like it's the best move for him. And they're one of the best teams in the country. You can question their you can question their competition, but um, the thing I look at it is basketball. Like anybody can win on any given night, to be to be honest. Um, if unless they're they got like a whole bunch of seven footers, you know, that you can't like it's like that Kentucky team in twenty fifteen where you had seven All-Americans, and you had Carl Anthony Towns and Willie Cauley-Stein down low, and you had those two twin brothers, and then you got Devin Booker as well coming off the bench, Tyler Uless, um, yeah, all types of dudes on that team. But um, the way college basketball is going now since um, a lot of the best freshmen, they actually aren't getting it done on the collegiate level. A lot of the experienced teams with more juniors and seniors, um, they're the ones kind of controlling the show right now. And um, it's starting to become more all-around competitive, so you're seeing teams lose on any given night. Plus, it's basketball, you know? At the end of the day, it can be make or miss. You might have somebody, a special player, just go for 40 one night where they're not missing, and then, you know, you catch an L. That's why there's always upsets in the tournament. And you see that situation with Ohio State. Shout out to that team that beat Ohio State. I forgot the name of them. Got the name of them already. That's that's my fault. But anyway, I have Gonzaga beating Houston, and I also have Florida State and Baylor in the Final Four. The upsets that I had, I had a Utah State going to the Sweet 16, and I was wrong. Texas Tech took care of them. But there is a player from Utah State that I like that I will get to in a second. Um, I also have Ohio making this upset on Virginia. Um, they got this that Jason Preston kid, the one where he just wasn't on a team. He sent a film, and he just kept working on it. Ohio gave him a chance, and he was he led his team to being one of the best players in his conference. They won their conference championship, and now they're in the big tourney. And they play against Virginia. I think he shows out. He gives me a um, a little a Lamelo Ball vibe. I watched him play. I watched some of the tape. Um, 
Mike Schmitz was talking about him as well. And one thing that pointed out to me when watching him play is that he goes at his own own pace. He just he's one of those slow mo type guards and off the pick and roll. You just he just does what he wants to do. And I think he has one of those games where he could just lead to an upset and get his name out there and probably become a a late first round pick, Preston. So watch out for him tonight. They play at four fifteen. Whether it's Eastern or that's I think four fifteen. Is that Eastern? I think it's Eastern. No, no, no. It's Western. Yeah. But I had them going to the Sweet 16. I also have them upsetting Creighton. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But in the West bracket, I have Gonzaga and Kansas going to the final. I have Kansas beating Iowa. Um, everything. I don't have too many. Other than the Ohio upset, Ohio upset I got Ohio going to the Sweet 16, but I have them losing against Gonzaga. I think with Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, um, and all those guys that they got, they got a good mixture of talented freshmen, you know, a top five pick. Um, you got yourself a mid-first rounder in Corey Kisper, who has been one of the best players in the country. And you got, you just got so many guys that can potentially go in the second round, and they just play so well together. They're well coached. Gonzaga's always making sure they're winning games. So, you know, I think they can go all the way this year. I really like Jalen Suggs' game. He's competitive. He's also a football player, and he has that dog in him. Also, he has the best supporting cast. And before you want to get on them for, you know, their competition, Gonzaga's record um, versus Pac-12 teams is positive. They are very, they can win against anybody. And they prove that they've done that year in, year in, year out. They usually go kind of far in the tournament. They haven't won the tournament yet. And I think they're hungry and they get it done this year. I have, of course, Gonzaga coming out the the west bracket but going down to the east where michigan is the number one seed bama's the number two seed you got um texas as the number three seed now this one's a little interesting so bama has a two seed you know i got them losing in the second round actually here i'll go so i got saint bono beating lsu even oh they're losing right now but i like yukon i like this james book guy that they got he's gonna be a lottery pick for sure um, UConn always makes something happen in the tournament, so I'm going to test my luck out with them. So I got number seven UConn upset in Alabama. Got Texas and BYU in the next round. I got Texas beating BYU. So in the Sweet 16 for the East, essentially the Final Four for the East bracket, I got Michigan, FSU, Florida State is FSU, um, Texas, and UConn. Now, I got Florida State as the fourth seed beating Michigan, and I got UConn as the seventh seed beating Texas. So in the, as the, in the Elite Eight, the Eastern Bracket Championship, I got Florida State and UConn, and I have Florida State winning that. I like what they got over there. I like Leonard Hamilton as a coach. I like Scotty Barnes, and Scotty Barnes comes off the bench, actually. So having a guy like that come off the bench, you can flip out. They have experience. They're well coached. They have so much length. They're a hassle defensively. I think they get themselves to the Final Four. But they're going to have to face against Gonzaga, and I don't think nobody's beating Gonzaga. Now to the South bracket, where games already happen. Um, I was right on one, two, three, four, five. 
five out of eight. That was five out of eight on the picks. So we got, you know, we got the Baylor. We got Ohio State, who just lost. Then we got, um, we got Florida and Virginia Tech. We got um, North Carolina and Wisconsin, and Wisconsin mopped the floor with them. Then we got Villanova in this thing, too. Purdue lost to North Texas. And I thought Utah State was going to make this upset on Texas Tech. Uh, but they didn't. So what we're looking at now, we see Baylor, we see Villanova, that team that upsetted Ohio State, Florida, Arkansas, Texas Tech, and um, North Texas as well. But essentially, I got Baylor taking this whole thing. I thought Ohio State was going to see them in the Elite Eight in the South bracket, but they did not. So, but I think Baylor is just the best team in this bracket. I think they're better than everybody. They play well as a team. They're well coached. And they won they won their, you know, conference. And I think that's the best conference in college basketball right now, the Big 12. I think it's the most competitive conference. Um, there's so many good coaches, so many good – you got a lot of just dog players, just super competitive. And they could be competing every night. You got the Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, Kansas – just constant. It's just a constant showdown. Even Oklahoma, they just be going at it. West Virginia, they be going at it in that conference. So Baylor took it home with Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell. I think their defense is really good. And Jared Butler has been one of the best players in college basketball. I got Baylor going to the Final Four. Now in the Midwest is my interesting one. Illinois is the number one seed of this bracket. And I really like Illinois. I really like Illinois. I think they're my favorite team, to be honest. Um, I like them more than Gonzaga. I like them. I just, I love Kofi Cockburn. That's a weird name, but that dude's he's fucking like 7-1. He ain't scared to get inside the paint. He'd be dominating there. On top of that, they got Ayo DeSumo, who's been one of the best players in the country as well. Um, he's a dog. He's a leader. And you can see how much better he's gotten over the past couple of years. Um, his game is solid. He's easily getting you 20, plus he's giving you five plus assists, which is really good in college with, due to the spacing and how much opportunity you have with the ball. The fact that he's putting those numbers up in the Big Ten, which is the second most difficult conference. It's impressive. Illinois is a well-coached team as well. But because he was the Oklahoma State coach, um, I believe, when Marcus Smart was there. But... Um, I got them going all the way to the championship in their bracket. Illinois and Oklahoma State should be a really good game. If Illinois can just win in the second round and Oklahoma State can just win in the second round, we got a good matchup next Friday um, with Illinois and Oklahoma State. But then on the, other, on the bottom of the bracket, you know, you got Houston, you got West Virginia, you have Rutgers, you have Syracuse. Um, I have Houston coming out of this. So I got Houston versus West Virginia. I think Houston takes it. And then Houston goes against Illinois. I think um, Houston shocks the world and goes on this on this championship run. I really do. I think they can do it. I think they're the team that's going to surprise everybody. But, you know, I'm not no wizard. We never know what's going to happen. I'm just giving you my thoughts and opinions. So that's my final four. I got Gonzaga versus Florida State. Baylor versus Houston. Gonzaga beats Florida State. Houston beats Baylor, and then Gonzaga versus Houston in the in the final. 
I got Gonzaga winning 74 to 67. So we'll see how this goes. Now I want to talk about some interesting prospects. And there was three that caught my attention from the first day of the tournament. And we got more going on right now. I'm going to see some more games later. Um, Nebius Queta. He caught my attention. He was the reason why I had Utah State going so far. But, man, his team is not talented at all. But they won their they won their conference due to him. This dude's a defensive problem. Like, you're not the first half of the Texas Tech and Utah State game. Utah State was winning. They only had 23 points or 25 points in the first half, the whole half. But guess what? Texas Tech only had like 19 or 20. This dude had eight blocks. He played 40 minutes, had 11 points, 14 rebounds. Now, his strengths, he can move well on his feet. He's a rim protector. He's a pure rim protector. He's not super slow either. Um, he's going to obviously have to adjust to NBA spacing. But he has a lot of length. He moves pretty well, in my opinion. Um, he has a nice little mid-range jumper. Only thing his weaknesses is that he had injury problems, um, mainly with his knees, and he can just be more aggressive offensively. But he has a chance to develop a three-point shot because he definitely has the mid-range. And defensively, he's checking all the boxes for me. He was basically carrying that team. There's no reason that Utah State should have been in that game. Utah State, without Namus Quaita, gets popped by 20 against Texas Tech. But because of him, they were in it for a while. You can kind of see Quita get gassed, but there's no way he's going to be playing 40 minutes at the next level. He played 40 minutes. I I was just outstanding by the effort. They kept he, The coach had to keep him in the whole time. They still couldn't get it done because he really does not have no supporting cast compared to the level of Texas Tech. But he almost single-handedly carried that team. Maybe He just needed to get a little bit more aggressive offensively but when texas tech was in the half court offense they was not getting no buckets texas tech basically started getting their momentum once they got in transition and quaita wasn't able to get back and you know on on the defensive end because his teammates kept turning the ball over but oh my god he was just blocking everything eight blocks and he played 40 minutes like just to see that effort from a big man he didn't take no break. He played all the whole game. So that 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 definitely showed me a lot. I think he can be a steal. He's, the people got like a second round grade on him. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Namius Queta, he's from Portugal as well, jump up into the late first round. Like I think it's interesting. We're going to have to see how he has a combine. Um, but I've seen a very good rim protector. <laughs> that You know, probably like Mitchell Robinson vibes. You know, maybe a little... He uh, he's not he's not super slow though, he's not super slow. So it's gonna be interesting. That that was a mid-major prospect that you know he probably surprised a lot of scouts that day. I think he did, and I think his offense can you know offense can always be developed. Developed. I always say this, but if you already has the defense, you're you can get played right away. You know what I'm saying? You can get put in the game. You know if you're able to defend at a high level, you'll get minutes. You'll be valuable. And that's facts, especially in today's NBA. Another one was Buddy Boheim. Um, when I was watching him, he was just going crazy. Not only that he can shoot good, but if you look at his release, he has a very nice high release. Look like that can translate very well into the NBA. And I just 
I was getting Duncan Robinson vibes. That's really what it was. And if he's shooting like that at a high clip, play with some IQ, just do his job defensively, that jump shot is going to take him a long way, and you're not going to lose it. Shooting has become very, very valuable. So I think Buddy Bo, I believe that's Jim Boheim's son too. So that's that's good for them. Um, he's for surely going to the league after that performance. Uh, catch him in the second round, maybe even in the first. You know, people value shooting. You never know. Like late first, you never know. And another one I like was Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I think he's the next Villanova role player to come out the draft. I don't feel like Villanova has disappointed me with the the people that they developed and that's ended up in the NBA. Talk about Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo, Mikael Bridges, Sadiq Bey. They just coming in and contributing, all able to play defense, all able to all have good IQ of the game, all stretch the floor. They just that's that's the type of guys that Villanova has been bringing to the bringing to the NBA, and I'm not opposed to bringing a Villa, Villanova cat coming onto the Kings. I'm not opposed to it. So yeah, those those are just some of the prospects. Namius Quaida is my favorite though. You know what I'm saying? He's somebody we need to watch out for. I hope the Kings was looking at that game because if we can get a guy like that in the like early second round, late first round. That could be huge. We need that seven footer. He can, he can honestly replace Whiteside. You know, I don't think we're bringing Whiteside back for sure, but he's he's a type of guy that can give us what Hassan Hassan Whiteside was supposed to do. But yet he's young and he can develop and see we can see what we got. Never know, might end up with a Rudy Gobert. You never know. You can get you can get some very valuable talent in the second round. Don't sleep. I'm not sleeping. And yeah, now speaking of my Kings, we are winning now i told you i don't care i don't like i don't want to tank if they start winning i'm all for it <laughs> if they're displaying good basketball i'm gonna root for it i'm not gonna sit here i might have given up on the season you know what i'm saying i don't i might not think that we could do something but i am not opposed to winning i mean i'm not opposed to losing wait a minute no that don't make no fucking sense let me rephrase that i'm not opposed of winning yeah i don't give a shit if we have this bad roster and people want to tank, I don't care about tanking. If we're winning and playing good basketball, that's what I care about. If De'Aaron Fox is out there balling and Tyrese is doing his thing, I see a future in that. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, build, build from this. You know what I'm saying? You build and you create winning habits. If you start creating winning habits, then you start building a winning culture, and I'm all about that. But what's interesting is is that we do get to start with our our deadly lineup. Now, we're one of the we're one of the, um this particular lineup that the Kings run when they run Fox, Tyrese, Buddy, Barnes, and Holmes, they're top 5 as far as net rating as a starting as a lineup, not a starting lineup, just as a lineup when they're on the court together. And Bagley's out, so he's not starting. Now Tyrese is starting. And we're running this lineup where we're running Fox, Buddy, Tyrese, um, Barnes, and Holmes. And we just we're on a two-game win streak now. We beat the we just beat the Celtics last night. We play Philly tonight. And they don't have Embiid. And we beat the Wizards the other night. De'Aaron Fox is easily getting 27, 28 points and eight and nine assists a game now. He's proving that he's that guy. He's being that star and he wants to win. 
Um, but the guy that I've been focusing on a lot right now, um, as in recently, because Fox has just proven me that he should be an all-star by next year or the next, or, you know, the year after next year. It just depends if we're winning or not. He'll easily be an all-star if we're a top six team in the West. And I know Tyrese is going to continue to get better. The person I'm looking at right now is Rashawn Holmes. Now, he is on his final year of his deal. He could have a Christian Wood-type impact or, like, Christian Wood-type, you know, contract, depending how he finished off this year. Now, Rashawn Holmes, compared to Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes has been better than Marvin Bagley at every asset of the game, except for maybe shooting the three, but that's because Rashawn Holmes doesn't choose to shoot the three. But it's not like Bagley's shooting great from the three. Bagley, I mean, Holmes has been better than Bagley in every single asset of the game. He's been a better defender, a more um, a better rebounder, more efficient scorer, just a better team player, everything. The only reason that Bagley gets the minutes he gets is because he's the number two overall pick. But at the end of the day, he hasn't been greatly better than you know, a great improvement over ba- what Bayalisa was doing you know, last year. You know, I could argue that Bayalisa was doing better. We were winning more games. Right when he goes down, and we're, we're going to start winning games. So it's interesting. Now Bagley doesn't have to worry about some of his minutes being taken from Bagley because of politics, if, you know, for being real about it. Because if Rashawn Holmes was some rookie right now, he'll be getting all the minutes right now. But because he's on a cheaper contract and... You know, we don't know if we're necessarily going to re-sign him. And we're still trying to see what Bagley is. That's the politics of the game. But I don't care about that. I want to see my team win. And I don't, I don't. I would love to see Rashawn Holmes cook. I would love to bring him back. I think there's no difference between him and Montrez Harrell. i just rather have Rashawn Holmes as a sixth man because of his height. But having a guy like him come off the bench would mean massive things. Or even starting as a power forward, you know what I'm saying? But it's going to be interesting how, you know, if we start winning games, making this playoff push, we're only one game out of that 10th place spot. We're only one game behind the Memphis Grizzlies. We still have the same record as the New Orleans Pelicans. So we're technically not out of it. And if he keep doing what he's doing, he had 25 and 11 last night versus the Celtics. So it's going to be interesting to see what, He's going to do to up his value and should help the team, help this Kings team for the rest of the, rest of the season. Um, yeah, even though we won two games, I have to see the consistency, though. You know, I already went through this little road coaster two times this year where we start off with a losing streak. And then we just go on this great winning streak. And we just go on this massive losing streak. So, well, we're going to start this winning streak again and then I can be disappointed later. I hope I'm disappointed in the playoffs. Shit, I wouldn't mind being the eighth seed, but if we get swept, I'm going to be a little disappointed. But I'll be happy being in the playoffs. I'll be happy as hell. I really don't care. One playoff win is like the dream for the season for me. All I want is just this team to experience. I want De'Aaron Fox to experience playoffs. That's key. Because if we get if we get this like veteran player that only has like a, a little window um, it might be too late because they have no playoff experience. Here's some exam- Here's an example. The Timberwolves. They didn't build no playoff experience 
And that little window when they had Jimmy, they lost one playoff series, and then, boom, things blew out. You know, things just blew up. Another example will be is you got the Suns team. Now, the Suns, Devin Booker has not been to the playoffs. Yes, they have Chris Paul. They're playing very good right now. They haven't experienced the playoffs. So now they're going to be this top four seed. You never know. They might lose in the first round because Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, they have not played in the playoffs yet. And this window is small with Chris Paul. We'll see how long he stays there. Um, Because you never know. He might lose in the first round this year. And then just go, and he might have an opportunity to play with LeBron and the Lakers. You never know. But we'll see what happens. But I would love for just, for my team to just experience the playoffs. That's probably why the Celtics had, well, I mean, the Celtics, if Kemba Walker never went to the playoffs once with Charlotte, his experience with the Celtics could have been a lot worse, even though he was pretty bad in the playoffs. We need, it's important to build playoff experience. I think that would just be good for the team. I think it'll be good for the players. And it can mean a lot. And also with Bagley being injured, we're giving more minutes to Hassan Whiteside and Bayalisa. And they're showing the replace just fine. Their experience is showing. Um it's it's looking good right now, but I if you hear my voice, I don't want to get too excited, you know. You never know what's gonna happen. It, it's all about staying consistent with it. And I gotta I gotta see it to believe it and again. So we'll see what we do versus Philly tonight. As far as trading, um they came out, said Sacramento is willing to trade Jabari Parker. I don't know why it's taking so long to trade Jabari Parker if we're not gonna play him. Um they're supposedly claiming that we're not trading Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes. And I'm like, okay, it's cool for Harrison Barnes, but I don't, you know, might want to look around for Buddy, you know what I'm saying? But um, he doesn't want to tank. I like that mentality. Keep it at that mentality where we don't want to tank. And let's go for it. Let's. This team needs a playoff run more than draft picks. I promise you that. We can figure it out in the draft with whatever pick we got. We got Tyrese at 12. I'm telling you, I think good King, you'll get rewarded for winning. All right? You never know. What if we barely miss the playoffs or we don't We don't do good in the – you know, say if we don't make it cause in the play-in games, you know, and we end up with a lottery pick, and then we just somehow win the lottery. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. So that's going to be it for today. Got to do some errands. I got to go some shopping, and then I'm going to go thrifting. And, yeah, it's always fun coming on here, talking my sports, doing what I do, and we're going to keep it going. So shout-out to whoever's listening. I will be back probably Monday or Tuesday. We'll see. Peace.